You are listening to the Source Connection Podcast, an ongoing invitation to remember your true infinite nature and embody your unique human expression by holding space for the kind of conversations that uplift, inform, and unite us. We are here to amplify the field of possibilities and explore the keys to creating the new. Hosted by Liz B. and Tara Long. For more, check out thesourceconnection.us, Spotify, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hi, everyone. Welcome to one more episode of the Source (laughs) (laughs) Off to a good start. Let's settle in together. I have a little practice for today. We're a very special guest and a new friend, Gordy Himmel. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And the owls, flora, fauna, and merry weather. If if you're watching this, they're right there with us. So if you're sitting, I invite you to roll your shoulders back and open the heart. And then tuck the chin in, keeping the integrity of the spine. We're going to play with um, inhaling through our left nostril and exhaling through our right nostril. So we can use our thumb or index finger to block and kind of play with. So blocking the right first, and we inhale left. We pinch the left and exhale through the right. Inhaling left. Exhaling right. So just stay in that pattern. Close your outer eyes. We're going to focus the eye gaze right here in between the brows. So you can even tap that space. And when we are inhaling left, we're simulating brain capacity to reset our framework of thinking and feeling. So we're giving ourselves a little opportunity to kind of take a breath, stop and rewire. And doing that allows for new perspectives. So just keep inhaling through the left, exhaling through the right. And when we are exhaling through the right, We're relaxing the constant computations and cautions of the brain. And that helps us break automatic patterns. We're inhaling and exhaling as deeply and as consciously as we can. Focusing on the inhale and the exhale. 
We're using the breath as the healing tool. The hands are helping direct that energetic healing force. And when we regulate our breath patterns this way, we are allowing for a new level of brain functioning to set in and opening ourselves to more calm and balance. Let's take one last inhale through the left and suspend that breath. Just hold that breath in. Not forcing anything. Relax. Block that nostril. Exhale through the right. Release the fingers. We're going to inhale through the nose together. Side out. Let's do that two more times. Inhaling deeply. Let it go. One last time. Welcome again. Thank you for being here, Gordy. We met Gordy um, a little while ago through our friend Chins Garden from the Innerverse podcast, and it was a delightful meeting. And when um, we were introduced to Gordy, there was something about owl magic, and I knew he was a brother because ever since I was very young, even before I knew the concept of like animal totems or whatever, when everybody would ask, what's your favorite animal or what? is your animal that symbolizes like the depths of you. It was always an owl for me. So I didn't share that then, but i um, excited mm-hmm. to hear all adventures. Go figure. <laughs> like, this is well, happening all over the place. In fact, right now, um, an interview that I did earlier, uh, maybe a month or so ago, with uh, a UFO and owl author on the one-on-one podcast, um, is premiering right now as we're talking. Wow. It's all about, uh, all of his books are about owls and UFOs and spiritual callings and synchronicities and everything that we're, have has called us, you know? Mm-hmm. We didn't get here because I, at least I didn't get here because I chose it. It chose me. Mm. You know, but it's only because we're open enough to hear it. I think you know when we're when we're in that state, like you guys are, and being you know uh, meditators and being open to spirit, and when you stop and listen and mm. breathe and just let it come, they come to you. Your spirit totems will find you. Mm. Tell anyway, us about, that's yeah that's tell us tell us about the owls yeah how okay. did yeah you? okay but so before um gordy goes by the owl whisperer so listeners <laughs> just just listen 
invite that idea into your hearts and minds. So, um, yeah, in 2018, I got out of rehab and I was coming off of all sorts of um, medications and alcohol and trying to drink myself to death. Mm. And um, when I got out, it was just, uh, it's hard to say what came first, but at any rate, there was a, there's a, there's a tree near where I work and I thought, okay, this is a perfect spot. It's this big acacia and it's a beautiful tree and there's a cinder block under it. I'm like, okay, if I can just meditate every day under this, like there are very few things you, you know, when you get out of rehab, you kind of start from scratch and Mm -hmm. like, there's very few things you have control of, or you feel that you have any control of, right? Two things I could control is like what I put in my body and, um, if I have a discipline, I'm going to do that and meditate, right? So I'm going to start with those two things. So every I decided, you know, every morning I'm going to go in before work and meditate under this tree. So I made this my goal. And I started doing it. And immediately, the, the first day I started, there I feel like I'm being watched. And there's these... I look up in the tree and there's this pair of owls like this. These eyes are right on me, locked, you know, watching me. And it's super intimidating with, you know, <laughs> giant, they're, they're not giants. They're, you know, I always, I think I exaggerate that the size of them because they are so big to me in my head, you know, but they're like two and a half, three feet, which is not, small you know they have knives for feet and they're people have been uh there's an actual death of a human being caused by a great horn owl and so it's it's possible but at any rate it's freaky they're they're very powerful animals but very if you've ever been around them you understand that Mm -hmm. there's a spiritual component that is kind of intangible Mm. um so I'm sitting under here trying to meditate and I'm, I think, okay, if I can chill myself in this spot with these things, you know, staring me down, um, I could get my, my meditation down, you know, like I've heard the Dalai Lama say, like, if you can, if you can meditate on a freeway, you know, that's yeah. like the ultimate goal. You could do it anywhere. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, if I just do this every day and I just get this down, I can, you know, this might be a cool thing. So I start this and immediately, well, I shouldn't say immediately. It took a couple of days to really get um, surrender, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but as soon as I, f- I felt that I let it, you know, at a certain point, you're just like, okay, I can't keep doing this garbage in my head, rolling it around over and over (laughs) and over again. I got to let go. Right. So you let go. I'm like, okay, whatever universe, like take me. And as soon as I did that, um, I chilled out, the owls chilled out. The owls were like, this is exactly what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I did that, 
Like the owls were chill. They were sitting in the, like from then on, it was like we were family and I felt it. Now, around the same time, I was doing um, a fast and I was doing a three-day fast under that tree with those owls. And then on the third day, you could feel it kind of this connection. Mm. And it seems like this is fast. There's a whole lot of life that goes into this whole thing. Um, But this is what happened. You know, I started meditating under the tree and the owls uh, got cool with me. And now we're family. Like that's, that's like the short version. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the bullet point version. You know, this is, been going on for uh four years now this mm-hmm. this wow. this month probably yeah mm-hmm. about four years and um since then i have been allowed to be around their babies this is the pictures behind me are are my last babies this is uh let's see flora fauna and and merriweather right there that was that was the littlest one and he was the youngest to uh, oh. last one to fledge, oh. but I've I've had three sets of these babies. First year was two. Uh, no, first year was three babies. Uh, second year was four. I know. Second year was none. The third year was four. Wow! And then this last year was these three. Um. But what was interesting the year that they did not have a uh uh clutch of babies is uh this year that they started a uh, they put a 5g tower just beyond the yeah. owl tree and they disappeared for about four or five months maybe six months wow and i was you know i got to the point where i was like oh man it was it was you know, this was family. I was missing them. You know, I was like, oh man, what if I never see them again? And oh. I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess I got to be cool with this. But I, yeah. I talked to this guy, um, Mitch, the organ donor. Yeah, he's he's uh, going around all of all of the country now. But he started in Arizona, uh, doing orgone in or in and around. Um, 5G towers and kind of the idea is that it negates the negative uh, vibes or whatever, you know, whatever. It changes the vibration to a more natural idea. So I'm thinking, okay, if I do this and I do a full-on intention and make this an actual ritual Mm. for myself, you know, because I feel like this is, this is calling me, you know, the owls are it's something I cannot ignore at a certain yeah. point. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good test. I go out there and I do a full on, you know, intention thing when I plant these, uh, do these orgon things and I do it on a Friday by Monday, they were back oh, and wow. they haven't left since. And this was two years ago. So, um, whether it's the attention, the orgone, <laughs> you decide, but I know it doesn't matter. I got my owls back. 
got your family back. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. So and then I got these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the babies. Bitch. Um, my husband was with him last year before Music and Sky grabbing some stuff for so yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I maybe we can circle back to that so we can tell our listeners about that. Um but Gordy, I would love to know like what your interactions with the owls are like and what you've learned from them. Mm. Um yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know where to start. They but you know, no matter what goes on around them, you know, I have two sets actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a pair here at the house that if you go on my Instagram, I showed just this week that, uh, one was on my chimney, hooting down the chimney, <laughs> getting our attention. And by the time I run out, he, uh, I shouldn't say he, it's the, it's the big female. She looks straight at me, hoots right at me and then flies <laughs> off. She's like, are you paying attention now? You know? <laughs> But uh, um, the lessons that are that, you know, they're in the spiders we talk about uh, imperturbability or Mm. unfuckwithable, like Mm, the, the, you come to the point in your being where you're just solid in who you are Mm. and what you know to be your own truth that everything else is just whatever you become mm-hmm. either ungovernable um imperturbable but mm-hmm. i love the word unfuckwithable because it's it's like uh, like you can't have me mm-hmm. because yes i'm me the mm-hmm. thing about owls that falconers have a hard time with um they they have a hard time training owls as as opposed to a hawk or an eagle or something. Cause like owls and like owls are different from hawks and eagles. Eagles and hawks are like, they're like kind of the jocks of the bird world. Like they're <laughs> the warriors, you know, but yeah. they're kind of, you know, they're not as, they're not the smartest bird. They can be fooled fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Owls don't care what you think or feel, or they're going to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they're, uh, falconers feel like they're difficult to train. They're not difficult to train. Well, they mm-hmm. are difficult to train because, you know, they're self-possessed. Mm-hmm. Mm. And because they're self-possessed, you can't tell them to what to do. You, you've got to tell them, you've got to be in agreement with them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things that a good falconer understands is that you're not you're not forcing the owl to, or the the bird to do something. You're working with it. Yes. That you are partners in this mm-hmm. exchange, right? And yeah. that's the that's the connection I have. That I try to connect with them. That I'm open to them and listen to them and what they want to teach me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up the unfuckable with and just the self-ownership. It's so reflective of our times, right? To have this animal that just shows you what it is like to be, to own itself. 
it's it's really profound. Yeah, I like that. You can't have me. <laughs> that's that. That's what's behind the no, right? Of these right. times, like no, mm-hmm. you can't have me. Mm. Yeah, and I am who I am. Accept me, whatever this is. Whatever this is, mm-hmm. this is what you're mm-hmm. getting. Mm-hmm. But you ha- you can't get there without yes. that self possession of understanding of who you are first. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm. I want to tie that back in with the beginning of our conversation when you said you were coming out of rehab. And um, what was that bell like for you? How did it ring? When did you decide that you wanted to own yourself in that way? That you're like, okay, I'm <laughs> own myself now. From now on, I, uh, I'm, I'm leading. Uh, yes. That, that is a, <laughs> that's a difficult question because that's what had ended me in re- rehab to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, was. Because I know that everybody's into conspiracy theory and all that stuff now, <laughs> um, which uh, congratulations, um, welcome to the club. It's it's been it's been going on for a while. Just so you yeah. know, it's <laughs> not just in the past can, couple years. Ain't nothing yeah. new, right? <laughs> um, thank you for yeah, yeah, thanks for saying uh, that. yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Glad to have you. <laughs> I know you're new here. Yeah, well, we're not. Heavy. <laughs> it might be a little scary, but chill out. You'll be all right. All right. Take, yes. Take a breath. <laughs> um, but this was, you know, I got I got to a point um because I I mean I worked in government contracting. I was in the oh. conspiracy. I wasn't <laughs> I, I it, you are one of the conspirators. <laughs> yes, you were quite literally. Yes, um, contributing. Uh-huh. Not, I was con- definitely contributing. I was, yeah, n- not purposely. I may have yes. been. Uh, you know, we're all deluded at some point into believing something yeah. that isn't true mm. um, about ourselves. Yes, um, and it was just getting to the point where you you have to come to a point where I feel like for my journey, I got to a point where I was like, you know, everything is fake. I have to start from scratch. Like there's, I feel like this is a good exercise for, for people that to understand, to find yourself is to kind of stop and just go through the mental exercise of, Every single thing you know to be true is wrong. Or that everything you think you know is wrong. Mm. And start there. Start from scratch. That that whatever you've been told, whatever, however you've been programmed from the second you were born to right now, assume that everything you know that you've been told is wrong except for your experience. For your real experience, your true gnosis, this is what you actually know, right? Is your own experience. In that experience, I, in that process, you know, I really felt like I was losing my mind. I, and I quite honestly was, you know, mm-hmm. I was losing a grip of, of 
control and, and, uh, you know, I had a mental breakdown. Um, but part of that came the freedom. It, you know, it would probably didn't look real healthy at the time, but going out and screaming out to the universe, you, you can't fucking have me. Mm. And mm. I think by doing that, putting that intention out there, um, started to set in motion my regaining my own strength mm. or my own seat as i mean when i say seat i mean sitting in yourself you know finding your own uh place yeah does that does that help answer it i don't, I don't know if i've even yeah i think so yeah i can only relate to my own experiences in that too. It's an intention that gets set forth and put out like a declaration almost. Right. Yeah. I think it's very important. It's very important. I think that's where it all begins. It's when Mm -hmm. you start clarity, whatever way it is, I can only relate to that with my own process with, you know, depression and other things. And how one day I just said, you know what? It's not working for me. I'm Mm going to live for the rest of my life and forever in existence so we're gonna we're gonna shift things up in here a bit you know and that's what then the path started to open it's not like you need to know right what's gonna happen but it's that decision it's that as you said like kind of reclaiming yourself like all right it's not yeah this is not gonna work out like this anymore it's yeah, yeah it's that um you know claiming yourself as the author, as sovereign is really the start of that journey, right? As we could say, conspiracy theories or whatever. But I mean, it goes far beyond that, right? It's claiming yourself, owning yourself. And then you talked about also identity, you know, and and so, or did I don't know if you did. That's what came up for me as <laughs> identity. I don't know if you said that word, but really just um, even starting from scratch. I love that you said starting from scratch. Everything you think you know is wrong, except for your experience, because of course that's valid. That's your experience. No one gets an arguable. Um, but when we can let go, and Liz and I talk about this all the time, of our identities and put all of that aside of the identities that we think we are, whether it's we think we're this or other people think we're this, it's reflected back to us, you know, um, that is also you know, sovereign is saying, wait, not all the things that have been put upon me or I've put upon myself may also not be true. And so then, you know, so, so what has, have you, you know, what is your experience or explorations with that, with identity and how has it served you or not served you? Mm. Well, immediately, um, very shortly after I started doing that, I was having lots of, uh, neurological problems. And uh, seizures and things at night. Like I could Mm. not sleep through the night for seizures and all sorts of different. I'd been uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor in 2014. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. And it was was kind of building up. And um, at that point, I was getting off of all that stuff. And, and as soon as I, but as soon as I did, I made that intention. Um, it's like everything clicked, you know, I'm once I kind of understood, okay, part of this process is just the surrender. Yes. And as soon as I surrendered, 
uh, what I thought I was. Mm. Like, I felt like I came back. Mm. That makes sense. Like the real me was out there somewhere else. <laughs> it wasn't in my body. And this is what trauma will do to you is it'll, it forces us to live outside of our, our body, our being. Yeah. Um, when you start to address the trauma, you come back, you're here and being in, being present, being in your body, being present, uh, mindful, being mindful in every moment, um, brings you back. But here's the, here's the thing that, here's the recognizable fact is that what happened is immediately I lost. So within um, just a few months, I lost 55 pounds. Within wow. six months, I lost 95. Within wow. one month, I started having no uh, neurological issues. Yeah. My sleeping yeah. uh, fixed itself. Did not fix itself. You know, I still, there's still a lot of health issues that I, I have struggled with over the last few years, but like it's little, little steps, you know, baby steps into one thing. It's like, it's like doing coffee in the morning. Um, if you're going to have an intention for your day, make the first thing very attentive. So, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I added the next baby step I, that I added was putting my intention to the first thing in the morning, which is going to be my coffee. Right. Mm -hmm. So I make a ritual of doing my coffee in my, my French press. I put my, the uh, spices that I feel drawn to. I do like my, my uh, formula that I've kind of come to is coffee, ginger, cinnamon, salt, turmeric, and butter and mm. cayenne pepper. And when I do it, I put the intention into it, you know, that yeah. I, this is, I'm blessing this water that's making this coffee to bless my day, to heal my body. You know, that kind mm. of, even if you're not saying it out loud, um, one good thing to do with that is to, to sing to it. If you can't, if you aren't up to singing to it, you know, hum at it, you know, just kind of feel, feel one with the food you're going to take in and that, that food that you, whatever you're putting into your body is going to bless your body. Yeah. And with just those little, little intentions as you do them, and then you go about your day those little things trickle down, you know, they add to something else that you do in a mindfulness of something else of the next meal that you're going to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. I better think about this better of what I'm going to put in my body. Mm -hmm. And you will find that your body, when you're listening to your body, your body will tell you what you need. Yeah. And it'll yeah. tell you what you, is uh, bad for you. I found out very quickly yes. that, uh, Wheat is very bad for my system. Mm -hmm. And so I, whether it's the, it's celiac or 
um, all the glyphosates and all the garbage that they put in our foods, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to touch it anymore uh, because it's bad for me. You know, when you come to that, that point, instead of having diagnoses and all these words and saying, this is this, and this is that, and you know, you know, what's beneficial for you, you go for that. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That um, reminds me of, and I may have talked about this when we were all together before, but you know, I love Gordy, you touched upon like intuitive eating and just listening to ourselves and going back to identity, you know, what really started to shift things for me and taking it out of the material world was when I, you know, I, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, in my twenties, all of that. And when I kind of like Liz said earlier, when I just woke up and I was like, nope, I'm not going to identify myself as that this diagnosis or this, you know, it really, it's like laying a a blanket over somebody like a cloud or a shroud of like, okay, this is what you have. And while it can give temporary relief because we're conditioned to believe, oh, I have a diagnosis. Now they can do something about it and fix they, you know, they can fix me now that they know what it is. You know, it's like, well, for one thing, that's certainly not true. Right. Um, so yeah, just in doing everything with that intention of love and you're speaking to the consciousness of the water and of the food and, you know, really raising ourselves up to the level of this isn't just a material world where we're just like going about our day and doing things, right? It's like everything can have huge like impact and value, you know, just in how we make a cup of coffee. I mean, it can be so simple. And we say that here all the time. It is so simple. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that you sing to your food too, and just <laughs> like remembering at your own experience, the level as you brought up so beautifully, like what is your experience? What's right in front of you? What's right inside of you? Not what somebody else is telling you that it is or that you should be or whatever the thing is, but really harnessing all of your attention and bringing it back to yourself, bringing it back to what's happening. And I think that maybe it's easier or harder for people because at that point, you're called into full responsibility, right? Which is the ability to respond. And so you know that when you do choose that at some level, you're bringing it back to where there is nobody outside of you that's going to do it for you. There is no savior and you're going to have to shift. So getting out of that comfort zone, more stimulating or exciting for some people than other. And I wonder how that played out around you not only for yourself but for the people around you right because you're coming in from a certain pattern of beingness and then you go no more Mm. how did that what was the ripple of that keep big you know you you're a different person like yeah i even look different i mean from my driver's license i kind of keep my my old driver's license (laughs) picture as a reminder, because mm. I was 250 pounds when I was in, when I got in rehab. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, and losing almost a full person. Yeah. The, yeah. the weight, the weight of a yeah. person. 
right? Like is not lost on me either. You know, I mm-hmm. lost that person. So yep. part of that is a, you kind of have to understand, you know, you, you're going to need to grieve that person Yes, because that person is not here anymore. He's, he's dead. Like mm-hmm. my old self is, is literally dead. He's not coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to, but I have to, at a certain point, look at that person with some sort of gratitude because I wouldn't be here if he hadn't done all the stupid shit he did. Right. Um, but I mean, it, yeah, it's a process. Every time I see a, you know, a family member or somebody that hadn't seen me in a while, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a whole different experience. And it's, I, I don't know if it's weirder for other people than it is for me, but it's just as weird for me, you know, like yeah. there's a whole process of, of trying to get to know yourself again, because I mean, hell, my body looks different. My, I, hopefully I'm acting different. Hopefully I'm acting better, mm-hmm. you know, that outwardly people see the difference in right. me by my actions, not just how I look. You know, because when somebody like, especially in in a normie job, you know, you come back and like everything's, they see you've lost 95 pounds. Like, oh, what did you do? And you're like, Uh (laughs) oh, well, well, Um, and then you just go, it's keto. They want want, like your diet plan. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Keto. Give me your diet plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. High fat. (laughs) I mean, and that is part of it. You know, it's sure. Your brain, one of the things that I learned was your brain is made of of fats and cholesterols, right? And if you're trying to rebuild that structure in your mm-hmm. body, you need fats. Yeah. This whole low fat diet that we've been sold is yeah, it's yeah. made to make you weak. It's another lie. <laughs> it's, one it makes, of the many. it's another lie to make your brain work less. Yes. Um, I love that you brought up the, you know, when you lose weight, there's so much to it, right? The grieving for that person and also the gratitude for that person, which I think a lot of people miss that because they want it to be gone. They want it to go away. Even when you're have disease or, you know, an illness in your body, you just want it to go or the pain or whatever, but expressing the gratitude and what it's there for, what it's there to help you teach you whatever it's perfect for. So I love that you brought that up. And I want to ask, Gordy, your experience now as someone who, you know, is so tuned in um, with yourself and your intuition, um, so connected to nature, and you have your friend, your your owl friends, like, what is your experience like now um, with, you know, like, do you do AA? And because I know, you know, that's, I'm just curious, because that's like the route people go, right? But I know there's so many other possibilities out there. And I just want to know what, what you do or what, how no, you. It's a great question because um, if you do do a rehab, you know, it's going to be 12 steps in, in America. You're going to have to do the uh, uh, meetings and everything. And they're going to want you to stand up there and say your name and say that you're an addict. Yeah. And this, identities. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about this. Um, this thing that we do by accepting these labels. I don't, I hate labels because as soon as you label something, this 
this, that means it's not that. Right. And yep. which makes it, which limits whatever it is. Like, um, standing up. So I did it for 30 days. The, the, uh, huh? every day, you know, you, when you're in rehab, uh, you got to go to meetings and you've got to stand up in the meeting and you got to say your name and say, you know, if it's NA, you, you say, you get up and say, my name is Gordy. I'm an alcoholic on AA. If you're an NA, if I, my name is Gordy Hamill, I'm an addict. I wasn't going to do that anymore. Like I did that just to get yeah. through the, the stupid rehab. But as soon as I was out, I am not going to another meeting telling the whole world that I'm an addict. Right. That's just reinforcing the thing that you're yeah. trying to get rid of. And it's this whole, and, and I know people love AA and I, your 12 steps. And that's wonderful. If it, if it has helped you, God bless you. Yes. However, at a certain point, you need to understand this is not you. You're just changing. You're just exchanging one addiction for another. Mm. They want you in yeah. this, another cult. This is why, this mm. is why the church is great for addicts too, because they, you're replacing yep. another, another addiction with another mm. addiction. Mm. Right. Yes. And as soon as you go and say, I, every single time you have to talk, you would identify yourself, your name, and then you identify yourself with what you are, what mm -hmm. they want you to be. Yeah. Which is what you're trying to escape. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't tell yourself you're an addict. Don't tell yourself you're an alcoholic. Yep. Move on. You're past this. You're, you're bigger than this. You are not a finite body. You are a spiritual being yeah. doing the same. You're, you're two things at once. You are the polarities. So this is where hermetic hermeticism comes in, right? So number four is polarities, right? And, and both things are true. You, there's a, there's a positive and there's a negative. You are a spirit and you are a body. You are material and you are a soul. You are inhabiting both worlds. And this is what owls teach us. Because mm, they are the okay. traversers between the spirit uh, and the material. Wow. And this is this is the spirit um, understanding of that most native uh, myths say about the owl. They they traverse between the, the spirit and the material. And these are the lessons that they show us mm. is that. Okay, here's another thing. So the Hopi Kachina great horned owl is called Mangua. And his story is that he comes down and he beats up the clowns, the drunken clowns. Uh, in, the, in the story, there's these striped drunken clowns that are eating watermelon. And the, the, uh, they're just drunks. They're they're kind of worthless to the society now. Mm. And Mangua comes down and beats them up and gets them, sobers them up so that they can be uh, good stewards of the earth again. And, and shows them who they are. Mm. Not, not just that you work for me. He shows mm. them you're a greater being. Mm. And 
so that is not lost on me as well with these the owls Um, over and over again you know be open you are spirit yeah when you were talking about going into the meetings and saying my name is such and such and I'm this it's like advocating for your limitations and Mm. it's like Oh, like, no, we can use, like, words have such power, mm-hmm. right? And field right. words, and there's a frequency to words, and something gets guided immediately when you speak out of your mouth. And so it's interesting to think that that motto has not been revisited with those kind of concepts yet. Like, how do we strengthen the core of what this is beneficial for and then update ourselves with, in a way where we are, reinforcing what the end result is right that we want to come to and we can have a conversation about why that is but may not be important right now so i think the take here is really listen to what you're saying and if that is the amplification of your highest good right if that's your um goal in what with what you're saying and so it's just like stop advocating for your limitations and we're all guilty of that at different times right oh but uh, this but then it's just like no just before catch yourself before you speak oh wait a minute Mm, okay Mm. and it's not to deny a certain world or experience like you're saying like we're inhabiting these places right but can you come to the upper room Can you allow yourself to come into that higher experience of yourself? That's right there. Like you said in the beginning, like almost like there was me that was sitting somewhere waiting to inhabit again, right? Like, oh, now I give you permission to like come and be embodied. Like, oh, this is me. This is what it feels like. This is the fullness of myself. Exactly. You know, there was, there is actually a moment for me. I don't know if this is for any, everybody or, or anybody else really, but, um, there was actually a moment I remember um, driving back. I was driving east, and there was a there was a moment where I'm like feeling my feelings again. And this is this is part of mm-hmm. like treating trauma, right? Is yeah, is um, kind of going back and under, understanding like you've been shutting yourself off. Yes, and um coming back to that realization that we are feeling, thinking people, if you want to be in your body, it's going to be, it might be really painful. Yeah. Yeah. After the pain comes a peace, you know? So any rate, I'm coming back, feeling my feelings and I'm just bawling. Like I had Mm -hmm. to pull over and it just like, it was like a flood. And I'm just bawling on the side of the road, just crying. And I felt like, and I felt it. I was like, it was like a an epiphany. It was literal epiphany. Like there's just hmm. like light, you know. Oh my God. My soul is back. I feel me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I am here again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this happens for everybody or anybody, but but there was a point where I was like, oh my God, it's me. 
Mm. Because it wasn't, there wasn't the illusion of, of what I needed to be for anybody or mm-hmm. what I was telling myself. It was just sitting in your truth, you know, mm-hmm. allowing either, you know, shit to flow or, or let it go. You know, when you damn those things up and you don't process them, they just build yeah. up and build up and build up. And this is what we do to each ourselves. Yeah. You know, we just sit in it and let it all build up until we can't handle anymore. And then we're crushed. Yeah. And this is, this is the same story of every, every addict that in, mm-hmm. in the universe, you know, mm-hmm. it's the human condition really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys, um, either of you done regressions? Past, past life past regressions. Life? Mm-hmm. I, yes. Through yes. breath. I haven't done like, you know, specifically for that, but going I've been, I've visited past lives in breath work sessions. Tell yeah, us. I've done it um, in hypnosis. And I also do practice, meaning I offer that for other people too. And if it's a relevant thing, that's doing the past life, but I'm not seeing the past life. You're the, you're seeing yeah. the past life. I'm just guiding you through it. And so yes, I've also BH- experienced. Do you do the BHQT? The QHHT. Yeah, quantum. Yeah, it's a quantum healing hypnosis technique with by Dolores Cannon. Well, she's the original founder of that. Yeah, so that's that's been my only experience so far. That's what I did. You you yeah you do that. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, we talked Mm -hmm. about that before, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, But you do this for other people, correct? Yes, correct. All right, and you've done it yourself, I assume. Yeah, several times. Mm -hmm. Several times, and did you find that those? those lives that you have visited or for the other people, like, was it like perfectly pertinent to exactly what they were going through? Right. Yeah. Always. It's always perfection as it's stuff you couldn't make up and whether or not, you know, I tell my clients whether, cause they, they can get attached to like, was it real? And did I, Ooh, I need to go look it up, but you know, all this stuff. And it's like, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's mm-hmm. you're giving yourself what you need right now, whether we call that higher self, universe, God, you're giving you what you need right now. And it's so the, the, the way that it threads through to be exactly the message they need in that moment or for healing or whatever. It's incredible. It's just because you're just open to it. And yeah. Yes. I, I end up, you're, you're talking about it right now. So on my energy work sessions, a lot of past, I'll, I'll quote here, right? Air quote, past life stuff comes up and the relevancy of that is just, as Tara was saying, is just so amazing to see it either because we make sense through stories that mm-hmm. just weaves and allows, right? Sometimes we need that kind of permission of allow for the healing or the, the surrender, whatever that is to take place. And I can share um, a recent one that I had while 
my friend was doing um, some energy work for me. And I think that either we're doing, we're always giving and receiving. So some people, are you giving energy work? Yeah, it's just that exchange, right? I used to have this um, almost like, I don't even know what you call it, but an owie that would flare up on my back, but like physical, like a bruise. And then it'll open up into a scab. And it would come and go. And I was just kind of like, never paid too much attention to it. But I noticed time and time again, that thing would just flare up and start feeling pain, itchy, and then something would scab and open. And we were not even thinking about that during the session, but it came up this past life, if we want to call it, where I was a young boy and I had been ritualistically abused and killed. And they extracted my heart through the back Mm. and exactly at that spot that I would have Mm. this flare up and so was that real was that not real but since then since making that connection right and going into that experience and forgiving that experience at a level of whatever I allowed to be created or was created I haven't had a flare-up so yeah how funny isn't that that amazing that that you you treat it on an etheric level and physically yeah you get a reaction yeah what does that tell you yeah that we are the same it's the same thing yeah right mm-hmm. what's your experience gordy why did you what's your experience with that if you want to share it oh yeah no i did do it uh yeah i uh <laughs> it was addiction again like mm-hmm. it also, but it was because I was um, treating trauma. Like I had done something really stupid in this this life that brought all, on all this heap of mm-hmm. of tragedy, and so I treated that my guilt with addiction until I killed myself of opiates and alcohol. Go figure, opiates and alcohol, mm-hmm. the exact same ones. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, before in this this uh, this life where I was a a Sufi in Morocco, mm. like it was, but I go figure. I don't know. It was uh, wow, but it was a tragedy tragedy that I had kind of brought on, you know, because of the right. decisions I had made, right? Which is kind of exactly what I was doing in this life, bringing on all this all this trauma because of these. Decisions I had made because I wanted, I thought I wanted to know more from the inside. Mm. I needed to go outside the system. Mm. Not going into the system. Going into the system was what got me in trouble. Going outside of the system mm-hmm. was it got me out. Going inside myself got me outside of it. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Which yep. feels like most of our journeys, right? When we decide to just step back in and inhabit and deal with the stuff that's inside, then the whole road and the roadmap starts becoming clear of how to like move out of the things that we were enslaved or imprisoned by, either the mind, the feelings, or whatever. The thing that's how is. we change the patterns. We're not going to change the patterns if we don't do something about it, right? I mean, so you got to change you. And there's 
there's a good reason why every wisdom tradition says, heal yourself, heal the world. Yeah. You're not going to heal yes. anybody else unless you do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. In I just want to touch upon the grief because when you spoke of the grief, mm. it's just coming, it keeps coming back for me, that word, the grief, the grief. Because I like to say grief is one of my favorite teachers. And I, the other day, had this realization that what is grief but love? Mm. What is it, right? And we really go and we kind of dissect like the feeling and the, the, whatever the thing is. Can we grief with, is there grief without love? You know, and it, would it be the same thing? And not that it matters to conceptualize that, but it was just such a, a a deeper feeling of gratitude for that experience because it keeps showing you how to live more authentically, more presently, just more aware of what's right here, right now, right in front of you. Because as we know, with the experience of grief, it's like everything is so temporary in a way. And even that old you, when you talk about seeing people you haven't seen in a while, right? What is the ripple for them when they, they, they have to face the grief, not only of not seeing you, and I'm air quoting here, anymore, but also how does that reflect back to them of like, who am I? Right. What is the ripple of that in themselves of like their own responsibilities or their own um, things and their everything? Right. Like what... Like what you're saying, Tara, whether you you have evidence of those things or not, it's not that. It's the lessons that you learned. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's here for you in the moment. Yeah. So mm-hmm. part of these lessons of of these guys is um, this shamanic calling, mm-hmm. too, that I think, you know, you guys are familiar with as well. That, uh, and part of that is the grief. Because just this week, um, I don't know if it's, I, I don't have any um, way to tell for sure, but I found a dead owl this week from mm-hmm. a bobcat. And uh, this bobcat that, was, that has lived near the tree, and I've caught him actually in the owl tree. <gasps> um, yeah. This nature. last week, yes, yeah, just nature. Nature, right? He, <laughs> It's it's brutal and beautiful at the same time, yep. and yep. I almost feel like this bobcat uh, showed this to me because he mm-hmm. he popped out and I caught him, and and it was right near where um, this path I often take, and he, he almost showed me where it was, oh, wow. and he kind of disappeared after I saw him, and then I found these feathers right. And I found, uh, next thing I found was the whole body of an owl. Mm. And I, my heart sunk. I'm like, oh my God, my, you know, I'm thinking, oh my God, it's Peter and Gwen. Peter and Gwen are my main owls. They're, they're the, the ones at the owl tree. They're always there. Yeah. Rain or shine, snow, everything. They're always there. Um, but I found this dead owl. I'm thinking, oh my God, it's possible that it was one of these guys. One of, because these, mm. these three are all grown now and they would yeah. be full, full size. 
And in this journey, I've been trying to, you know, put out the intention and learn these, uh, just what it means to be like the shamanic calling mm. because it, I, I feel it, it's calling me, mm. but I, I don't want to pigeonhole it and, and shape it into something that's new agey or, or shallow when I could get the whole thing by not defining it. Right. You know? Right. So I just let it out there. So I go out to the, the body of that owl. And just before that, I had been meditating on shamanic tools and how um, this stuff comes to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had been doing this dig into the Hopi shaman and, and how they use owl wing for their fan. Mm. And I'm thinking, how does one even ask the universe for this? <laughs> like, how does this even happen that an owl wing is given to you, right? Mm. Mm. Well, I find this owl, the this body mm. of an owl, it doesn't have any wings. It's mm. just the body mm. and feathers. And from one side, it clearly had been uh, attacked. Yeah. And so, you know, when you have no idea, you know, burn sage and ask, right? <laughs> so, I, so I did. And right after that, I find I, I walk a different way, you know, I, and I try to take a different path every time I walk out in the desert. And I go around where the, the owl is, but I take a different path this time to it. And I find these two finger finger uh, feathers sticking out of the ground. I'm like, wow, that's like perfect feathers sticking out. And wow. I kick it. It's the wings <gasps> that the bobcat had pulled off and buried. <gasps> wow. Wow. I mean, this, this just happened to me last mm. week. I'm just... Mm. So I didn't, you know, I was just asking it to, you know, this is my spirit animal. I, I just wanted to do what was respectful for the animal. Did it want me to bury it? Did it need a sky burial? Did it, you know, does it want me to keep its skull? I don't know. I'm just kind of out there allowing it to tell me what to, to do. And these, and they show up. Mm. Wow. So Incredible. this is still still new. Um, yeah. Like it just happened last week and mm. I'm still kind of going through this process, but this is the process, right? And yeah. it calls you, you don't call it. Mm. But I think this is a very, the, the very important lesson is don't define yourself. Yes. Such mm. a powerful reminder to when we ask just to allow that to come in whatever way it may show up, which is usually not going to be anything we could imagine. Not right, right? just would imagine. Not in any way. So no, I didn't. Nothing. No, like labeling and put. Yeah, just like allowing. You know, it's so beautiful that you're exploring. You know, shamanism and all of that. And I love what you said about not even not labeling that, but like, what is it for you? You know, mm-hmm. which. It could encompass that and so many other things and yeah. not having to name it. So, yeah. wow. Thank and you, Gordy. For, thank you for um, laying that out there because 
we're still functioning in a society where most people feel like they need, right, to define and they need the labels. And here we keep talking about creating the new. What is this new thing? What does it look like? What does it feel like? So this is another opportunity to remember, like, oh, okay, yes, right? And that surrender, again, that invitation into the surrendering of, like, how does it show up for you? How does it feel for you? How does it present itself? And how do you present yourself to it? And all of that, if it's something that it's new, maybe we don't have a meaning for it or not a meaning, but a definition for it, right? Yeah. So surrender into that and allow for the curiosity and the excitement versus the mind just trying to control it. And oh, you, have to, you have to tell me what it is. <laughs> soften the mind, just soften it. And have a, the, like you said, a wonder. Yeah. Like you have to have a wonder for this stuff. Yes. Like it, it wants to wonder about you too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's the playful nature about this magic. Yes. And that's the only other, for lack of a better term, magic. It's yep. once you interact with it, it interacts with you, but you, you, there's a thing to coming at it with the eyes of a child, you know, Mm. with wonder, with amazement, you can't go into this stuff jaded. Like, you know, (laughs) I I see these, these, uh, uh, online mystics, I guess you'd call them. I I don't know. Instagram shaman or whatever the hell they influencer. Yeah. Influencer. (laughs) I don't know, but, but you can tell and almost immediately they're they're putting their thing in it. they're defining it you're like man you are you are pinpointing something that is a huge wide lens mm. like you're missing all this other magic that's out there yeah by defining it to astrology or defining it to this thing or that thing or 5D and putting all your your little <laughs> little new age bullshit terms on it that we do because this is how we're taught is from the day we get out of the womb, there is a right way and there is a wrong way. Mm -hmm. And we need to know the right way. Tell me the right way to do this thing. I need to know there has to be a specific answer for this thing. Guess what? There's not. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. I, I also really love that you always bring it back to remembering also because yeah. these are all lessons that that we've all known before yeah we're all re-remembering these things yeah yeah just it's remembering the, ourselves yeah. right yeah that surrender and that curiosity will take you far far kids far and it's mm-hmm. fun they further than the mind and the universe plays back with you and you're like what what's that yep <laughs> inviting yeah. all of you into this magical space of wonder curiosity and in lightness just that lightness of being right we take ourselves so seriously so much of the time and just be <sighs> curious possibilities again and the bigger game of what is possible yeah. And what is impossible? 
and what is impossible. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing. How do you um, how do you allow yourself to maybe bring, maybe be the messenger, right? Of a new way, not the way, but a new way of being, of, you know, creating and all of that. And not as, not being as fixed as in the way of like, how do I do this? Like you were saying, what, what is the right way to do this? Like people were asking you, oh, how did you do this? And you're like, wow, it's so many, where do you even start? Like it's yeah. so many layers yeah. to what came first? What 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 seconded? And it's just like, can you linearly explain this? And I think that we're opening ourselves up to this non-linear way of being and understanding and right kind of learning to navigate this very material existence with this magic that does not adapt to time and space. Right. It's not created in this kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gordy, for inviting us and our listeners into the space and reminding us of the magic yeah. and the wonder. Yeah, so thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, I love this. this. has been I, awesome. Dude, give me a chance to talk about owls. I'll do it all day. <laughs> owls all day, every day. All day, um, where, every day. Uh, all day, every day. Where can people find you, Gordy, mm. if they want to know more? And- um, Gordy underscore TWO underscore shoes on Instagram. You'll see lots of owls and um, I'll share different things, but uh, I try to show the interactions now because you're, you brought up the messengers. This is the other thing about owls. They are seen as the messengers. They are the messengers between the the realm of the dead Um, in every single, uh, tradition that owls are the ones that bring the messages back that's why harry potter used them you know they were the ones that that brought the the uh letters right they were the messengers Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, they used it as a as a trope as a little sliver of truth that i think maybe jk rowling kind of had an understanding of (laughs) really and like you're like oh cool you're trying to trying to work with magic and you're almost there come on come on um we gordy now we need harry potter 2.0 yeah Um, gordy hamill (laughs) the real the truth of the owls Mm. yes yeah you want to make it real magic is real but you have to look for it that's right to be open you got to be open all around us. It's, it's everywhere. Thank you, Gordy. We appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me on again. Like, I appreciate this. And and thank you to Chance Garten for yes. uh, introducing Thanks, us, too. We love yeah. you. Love that, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>